0: Welcome to Labor Pains, supported by Women Connect and Support. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am a woman passionate about helping women and men share their stories of infertility struggles or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. My guests will share their painful stories of hurt and heartache to bring you hope and inspiration so that you know that you are not alone during your journey to have a family to love so hello i am excited that i'm here today with a new friend of mine Um, we have just met over the phone through another friend And she has an amazing story that she would like to share to hopefully help someone else struggling um, with infertility or loss of a child. And let me introduce Joey. Hi, thank you. You are welcome. I am looking forward to getting to know you more and your family and your journey. Um, So yeah, we just met kind of, I guess, through a friend of social media uh Jamie and so yep. I'm excited that she's connected us together and excited to hear um I should maybe exciting is not the best word to hear about somebody's struggles but I'm excited to get to know you and to know that I... you've had a great um there's been success well, let's just That's say that. right. That's yeah. And it is
1: exciting for me because I get to share just a part of, you know, our journey. And even though it was, you know, hard, um, the exciting part is that if it just can encourage anybody, then I'm good, you know. That's awesome. And I think
0: women so much want to do that. So first off, let me ask you to tell me a little bit or tell you tell all of our audience, not just me, um, about you, um, your marriage, maybe before you're dated. Um, What was the plan for a family or was there a plan for a
1: family? So um Aaron and I my husband uh we started dating about 18 years ago um when I was 18 and he was 21 and we were pretty wild uh partied quite a bit we had the household where everybody just kind of ended up at so it was just um you know very fun very um I don't know um, irresponsible and we had no plans for kids in any capacity. Neither of us really wanted kids or to get married, to be honest with you. We both came from divorced families. And so we were just like, yeah, that probably doesn't work. We'll just stay together anyway. Um, we, he began going to church a few years later and um, when we were in our 20s. And at first, you know, I made fun of him for it. Um, so did a lot of his friends. But he just kept going. And then I decided if, you know, he was going to be there, then I guess I would too. And so, um, and we'd kind of already been through like a makeup breakup phase in our relationship and just kind of had moved past that. And, um, well, we started going to church and within a few years, we kind of just decided, well, let's go ahead and get married and see what happens. And, it's so funny our pastor like actually made us take a test to see like if there were any areas that we were compatible or incompatible so we could kind of talk about that before we you know got married and the Ooh, only wow. thing that, yeah it was really cool and um, yeah we ended up very compatible in every area except one which was child raising <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, and we were like, oh, don't worry about it. We're never going to have kids, so we don't need to talk about that.
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and so that blew up in our faces, but that's okay. Um, but a few years after getting married, we just decided to, like, see what would happen if we stopped preventing pregnancy. I worked for an OBGYN uh, by that point, point. Um, and we got pregnant, like, right away. Like, five minutes later, I swear, I was pregnant. Um <laughs> And it was just, you know, it was just very unexpected with how quick it happened, you know. Um, Sure,
0: lucky, lucky girl, right?
1: Right, exactly. Like, like, oh, we must like, we're just made for this. But this is the only time we're ever going to do it. Okay, high five. Yeah. And so that's where we were at (laughs) with it. (laughs) We were done, one and done. And this one ate, he slept, he was just so good. So we knew we were done. Um, mm-hmm. and then a few years later, well, not a few years, about five years later, I don't know, we were, uh, we decided we would go ahead and try again, only, um, it wasn't a month later and that's kind of where actually, no, I had a miscarriage in between then and there. I apologize. I should have, um, mm-hmm. kind of went into that first, I guess, but we, um, we found out we were pregnant again, um, a week after or two weeks after my son's first birthday, and um, we were not as excited at all. I'll be honest with you. I was not <laughs> looking forward to kids 20, 21 months apart. Like it freaked me out. I, I mean, I felt stupid, um, you know, like just not at all the same um, climate or same reaction from the year before at all. Um, and so well, it's,
0: I, I, it's got to be hard. I don't know personally, but it's got to be hard to have children that close together so I mean
1: yeah yeah and I know my my mother-in-law had hers 18 months apart and then my Mm. my family my brothers and I are only like 17 and 18 months apart and it just always seemed like chaos with like fighting and arguing and (sighs) all of us needing to be somewhere at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you weren't uh, happy about this pregnancy?
1: No. And then I you know, I worked for an OBGYN. So I had some labs drawn um, just to verify that everything was what it was. And the labs didn't do what they should have done. And so we knew pretty early on that it wasn't a viable pregnancy. Well, mm. again, I, I worked for an OBGYN. So one, I felt like, I wish this upon myself, like, if I would have been excited to get like honored this child, like I did Silas, then you know, God wouldn't have taken it away from me. Um, you know, and then you walk into work, and it's like, you're in the land of 16 year olds being pregnant, and, you know, third, fourth, fifth pregnancies, or this girl coming in for an abortion follow up. And it just, you know, it was very hard to go back, to be honest with you, like, I almost didn't. Um, it was it, it it was that rough at first
0: okay even th- you've, you it was you still really um it was hard on you even though pro- you didn't really weren't excited about the pregnancy
1: but yeah. you didn't want
0: the loss it almost sounds like you were were you blaming yourself oh you
1: know, definitely because when you said
0: I wish this upon myself I did this to myself so then there yeah. was some guilt that came
1: yes yeah. yeah I think um okay. as a mom like the moment I had a kid I like developed mom guilt and then I was also like raised mildly catholic and so if there's a way <laughs> that I can guilt okay. myself I guess I figure that out um but no there wasn't very much grace given to myself and you know, I had family members who had been through it. And so I called my aunt who I knew had had a miscarriage. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. And she said, just go to go somewhere quiet, you know, kind of process. She said, a lot of your friends aren't going to understand. She said, I'm really sorry. You know, she said, we can talk. She said, but I'm not going to lie to you. You know, this just isn't something women talk about. And, Mm. um, you know, she wasn't lying, but again, I worked for an OBGYN. And so, um, being back at work, I had to go back and I just decided that I was where I needed to be. And so within my first few weeks back, one of my favorite patients ended up going through like the exact same thing. And so I got to like, learn the deepest level of empathy and, you know, just talk with her and cry with her. And then, you know, over the phone, as I like informed her what was going on or after the doctor had talked to her, and then I had to go in and, you know, schedule follow up stuff or whatever. Um, but she ended up pregnant again, relatively quickly after, and I was it, it going through her entire pregnancy was one of the most like healing aspects of it because every step of the way, every time she came in, she was just like, you have no idea the difference you've made. Like, and just the way she just, it was affirmation, I guess, that I was where I needed to be. You know, does that make sense? Sure. That
0: makes perfect sense. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's cool that you were able to get some kind of healing and stuff through through her pregnancy. That, yeah. Wow. That's awesome that you were you had that you, that you were in that place and that you were able to help her along with helping yourself. Right, right.
1: Yeah. I mean. Some things just you can't explain, but they happen the way they do and your life would never be the same.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So after she had a baby. Then, well, we still, no well I, okay. we still
1: had no plans to have another one. Well, I still had no plans to have another one. So um, I had an IUD placed um, and okay. we just, you know, kind of forgot about it. Um, all of our friends are having babies. One of my best friends ended up having like a baby every year. <laughs> and then, um <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, then, you know, I got into my thirties and we began to talk about adding a second one. Um, mainly, I mean, I have a girlfriend that I watched, um, lose her father and she was an only child and a daddy's girl, but her mom like fell apart. And so oh. there was nobody there for her to share that burden with. Um, and so, it really made me feel bad for my son, you know, like, Oh my goodness. Like once we do start dying, like he's on his own, you know? And so we decided we would try again, you know, and just see what Mm -hmm. happens because we knew we were good at, you know, getting pregnant or whatever. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) we look at each other, right. (laughs) Right. Just prevent, just stop preventing and you'll get pregnant. And so, um, by this time, I was uh, staying at home with my son. I had really great opportunities and uh, I was a stay-at-home mom. And, um, it, you know, month one went by, month two, month five, month eight. Um, and you're so hyper aware um, of what, you know, you feel like and how your body feels when you're trying to get pregnant or you're actually trying not to get pregnant as well because, um, you know, mm-hmm. we do that to ourselves too. Um, but, uh, you know, and then it turned into year one and year two and year three. And, you know, there were a few times where I was sure I was pregnant, but mostly my period was regular like clockwork. And it was just like, you know, every time it came, it was just such a letdown and such a mm. hard, you know, just a hard day to be honest with you, you know, um, friends around you are getting pregnant and they know you're trying and not succeeding. And so they almost feel guilty and don't want to celebrate their news with you, even though, I mean, I adore all my friends and their kids and I get excited. And now it was a little, you know, it was painful at the same time. Um, You know, I definitely felt forgotten by God in those years. Um, Like, why not us? What have I done was, is this you know, I, I would come back to, you know, in my teen years, when I prayed all those years that I wouldn't get pregnant, yeah. you know, is this, <laughs> is this my penance? And then I would feel guilty that I, you know, why would I want more when I have, you know, why would I beg and pray and plead and bargain for more children when I have this healthy kid, you know, um, and it, it, it was just, it was a mental battlefield for those years, you know, where we, we tried quote unquote. Um, and then we decided to stop. We just, we were done. Like if, if it happens, it happens, the are no longer trying. Like we have to just let go of that. Um, and, you know, I had a friend who told me that during her fertility struggle, she actually had to like mourn the thought of future children before she felt like she could let it go. And, I understand that phrase more now when I let go, like you do have to mourn it. You do need to like have that grief and acknowledge it because then it's real. And Mm -hmm. I was able to open my hands and really let it go. I took all the tracking apps off my phone. Um, I stopped, you know, micromanaging and become I was so hyper aware of how my body felt, um, at all times that I really let go of that as well. And just embraced health. I'm a yoga teacher. So it was really, um, uh, mm. you know, I, it was easy for me to focus on, you know, yoga, meditation, breathing, and to just allow things to be after all of that, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. That-
0: that's amazing. And what a good friend. You yeah, know, to say that to you and, and to help. Yeah. you. but yeah, I, I agree that, that we do sometimes just we, we are so hard on ourselves. Yeah, you know, we have that. Uh, what do they say? Itty shitty bitty, bitty career committee that's talking in our heads and always putting those right. negative thoughts and like, what's wrong, you know, what's wrong with me, you know, right. this is my fault. Exactly. This, this is my fault that all this is, is happening, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. And you know, it was really, um, Jamie and I were in the same circles for years growing up mm-hmm. and never once interacted never once. And we like literally ran with the exact same people just apparently on different days. And we heard about each other. um, And we didn't like each other, even though we'd never met. (laughs) (laughs) But God did that for a reason, because we really wouldn't have complimented each other at that time in our lives. And so, you know, Uh, in my late, late 20s, um, I met her and her husband, and they were kind of going through their own struggles. And, you know, they were new to church. And, you know, once she and I, she was taking care of my nephew, that was how we met, she became my nephew's daycare. And just seeing how he thrived with her, um, we began to be really good friends. And it was one of those things like we became instant great friends, you know. Um, Mm. And, she was one of my biggest encouragements. And she was the first person who like, when she got pregnant, she didn't like feel guilty or like she needed to exclude me like she kept me involved. And I and I mean, we got to, I mean, we got to like, go, she utilized all of my experience with OB and I got to really help with her pregnancy. And I knew the doctor that she was seeing and he remembered me because we'd worked together. And It was just really awesome going through all of that with her, um, knowing that it was no longer something that I was coveting. Does that make sense? Sure.
0: Sure. Because you had kind of released that for yourself, released all of that. Well, and it's interesting. You probably had seen a lot of women that went through a lot of things while you worked at the OBGYNs I, I did I did and because I mean, of that every I knew, scenario you probably yeah and,
1: saw. <laughs> and it was just strange becoming one of those statistics that I was so yeah. educated on you know yeah. like one in three women and or you know one in three pregnancies are gonna fail or three out of ten are gonna fail so you know the miscarriage aspect of it bam I fell into that and then the one in eight are gonna struggle with infertility and so just to know that, you know, I fell into these huge statistics. It was just and, be, and I knew I couldn't afford fertility, you know, that was the other aspect of it. You know, um, we went from having union insurance to being small business owners and having no mm-hmm. lot And so we just couldn't self pay for any of it. And so we really never knew why we weren't getting pregnant. Um, we just knew that we weren't, you know, um, and we also mm-hmm. knew that it would have to be you know, a natural thing if it happened. And if not, then we just wouldn't have another one because we've just, you know, we were also that, you know, grouping of people that just, there was no way we could take money away from our necessities to go through fertility
0: treatment. Sure. Sure. Your hands were really tied, you know, even if you wanted to, because you probably had experienced that women that did, you know,
1: intervention
0: type things, but yes. Because of insurance, it, it it does hold a lot of us back, or a lot of people back from from having that family. Absolutely, it really does. Um,
1: you know, and it was funny. Like, you know, you get all these comments. When are you going to have another baby? When's number two oh, coming? My You're getting older. Uh, does he need a class and what to do? You know, and everybody <sighs> means well, but it's like you just want to be like, shut the f up, <laughs> like.
0: You know, I try,
1: that's something I try never to say to women now that I've been through that is when are you, are you going to, you know, like if they want to talk about it organically, I am never going to be that person. That's like that's because I know how much, not all the times, but just at times,
0: how much it dug into my soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. People mean well, but they have no idea how um, hurtful those words are, because they really don't know what you're going through. You know, I I know that um, my daughter experienced that. And I can remember at a family get together, going outside with her because she was so upset, you know, she was having miscarriages and not, not becoming pregnant then. And, you know, there was a a cousin there that, you know, had recently got married and, you know, they were talking about a family and they're like, yeah, you just have sex and then you're pregnant. It's really easy, you know, and she <sighs> just lost it. Yeah. So that people, but they just don't understand wow. unless they have been with someone or heard of someone experiencing the struggles. They just don't know Um right. how hurtful those, those things are. Yeah.
1: Right. Yep. So did so, you, did you through, feel like
0: you had to stay away from certain people after that? Uh,
1: no, I just knew that in certain situations, I needed to just be aware and to, re- and to just look past the comments. So like family get togethers, weddings, mm-hmm. um, baby showers, things like that. I just needed to know that it was going to happen and be okay. And
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: if I, w- to me, it was just like, Steal yourself for it and you'll be much better, you know? And so that's what I did. Um, And it was funny what the whole time I was like, we were trying to get pregnant. I prayed and prayed and I, you know, God, I'll, you know, whatever symptom I'll take it gladly, you know? Um, I mean, you begin to like literally bargain. I'll give my baby a biblical name. Oh, Oh, and so, um, you know, But again, I I just I let it all go. And so I I had no idea when my period would come or go anymore, even though it was still very regular. Um, But I just stopped like paying attention to when it would come or when it would go. And so last year in July, um, I noticed that I had this sunspot. And again, I worked OB. So I'm like, that almost looks hormonal. And so immediately I was like, very like, oh my goodness, am I pregnant? And then another part of me was like, stop, not this again. (laughs) You know, so I went ahead just for my own sanity and I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And it was like, my heart kind of stopped. Like, do I even get excited? And so I showed my husband and he was like, you know what? Call Carrie. Uh, She was one of the nurse practitioners that I used to work for, um, that, uh, she was my provider. And so I called her in the morning and, um, they ordered some blood work for me. So I went right over to the hospital and was able to get it back relatively quickly. And, um, my HCG, which is, you know, your pregnancy hormone, uh, that was relatively low, but my progesterone, the, um, hormone that maintains the pregnancy was very, very high. So then all of a sudden she's like, Whoa, you're pregnant, but I'm kind of concerned it's twins. And I was like, whoa Uh-oh. whoa yay and whoa oh so, I'm, so i i was still very excited you know i mean and so the the, the levels progressed as we thought uh, because of my history of miscarriage i got an ultrasound very early on and we i found out i was pregnant like i swear five minutes after i got pregnant because i found out <laughs> and i wasn't even four weeks along yet um but uh I'm not even kidding. Praying for those symptoms. I got them (laughs) 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 through the whole pregnancy. Um, And I, I, I was, um, I loved every minute of my pregnancy. Don't get me wrong, but I was um, dubbed a geriatric pregnancy from the get-go because I would be 35 on or before uh, my delivery. Um, Don't you love
0: that terminology?
1: It was very, it's like, so you're pregnant, but you're geriatric. So you're, you're, we're going to really watch you, you know? Uh, Yeah, it, it really hit me in the confidence a lot, you know, especially again, going into the OB where you have young moms and old, you know, then you have us Mm. old timers, I'll call us, you know? Um, But uh, we found out early on because of my elderly status that we were having a girl, which was amazing. Um, there were only boys on my husband's side of the family at that point. And um, we just, I never thought I would get a girl. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I've always been surrounded by boys. Um, and then uh, we found out that she had some issues. She had some cysts in her brain. She had an issue with her placenta that um, would make her, this pregnancy very susceptible to an abruption or, um, it would also make her a lot more tiny. Um, so that, you know, it's not that these things are going to, um, affect the baby if, after she's born, but you're just high risk. And so we have to monitor you because you're old and now you have all these other problems and the baby has this problem. And so I just gave it all to God. You know, I had my whole church family and my entire family praying for me and I just, There's nothing I can do about it, you know, um, no, try to be healthy, which by that point I was puking morning, noon, and night. So, um, you know, even that was kind of sketchy at that point. Um, and, and I was one of the lucky mamas I got to throw up through my whole pregnancy. Um, but again, it was what I prayed for. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah. Yeah. So
0: to a- answer me this, I have heard this. This could be just an old wise tale. Do you, and you working at an OB? Um, do people that are pregnant with girls get morning sickness more than those pregnant with boys?
1: In our family, what, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Is now but my just aunt- your family?
0: But but working at the office, did you did you ever even? Analyze that, think about
1: that a little bit, but it it, it, you would begin to think it, and then somebody would come in with a boy who was sicker than any of them. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) and that was how my aunt was with her pregnancies. I mean, she ended up hospitalized with hyperemesis, um, in the 80s or no, in the late 70s, um, you know, and they didn't even know what it was then, um, but she had boys. So, um, and I was, I was that sick with my son, but only for the first 15 weeks. Um, sure.
0: okay.
1: But I think I had to have those symptoms with my son because I needed to empathize with my patients that I thought were whining. Um, mm. and, and I learned that empathy and I became a much better, a very, a much better, uh, <laughs> helper in their care after that, uh, first pregnancy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well then, so, um. We found out we were going to have her around the end of March, beginning of April. Um, I decided I was a C-section before. I would just schedule another C-section um, without even having to worry about it. Um, we were already in a high-risk clinic, so I didn't have to change doctors or anything. Um, the cysts in her brain resolved with by the next ultrasound. Um, she stayed very tiny, though. And so they continue every month I got to have ultrasounds, which was really cool because I was at St. Mary's where they have really great technology. And so they would like flip over randomly to 3D ultrasound technology at every ultrasound and I would get to see my baby. And so at 24 weeks, I knew she looked like my son already, you know, like, yes. And I'm not the only, like at least 50 people said that when I posted it on Facebook, they're like, oh my goodness, she looks like Sai Sai, you know? Um and so we got to see her throughout the whole pregnancy. Well then old mama developed some high blood pressure and they decided to deliver me. <laughs> <And> <laughs> old mama. I love it. <laughs> old mama. Old mama got the hypertension and <laughs> I made it to 37 weeks and they decided I couldn't go any longer. They didn't want her to ha- they didn't want me to have a stroke. Um So I had her at 37 weeks, and it ended up being a blessing that I had her at the beginning of March, because as everybody in the world knows, coronavirus shut everything down in mid-March for us here in Illinois. Um, And so so the hospital stay wasn't stressful. Grandparents got to come and see her. Um, We got to bring her home before all of that hit. Um, So it really, I see so many blessings. In all of that like if I wouldn't have developed high blood pressure we would have been in the hospital at the end of March and it would have been an entirely different story
0: you know (laughs) yes (laughs) yes so I think it's so cool that through some struggles through some heartache through being sick pain sickness that you continue to always see the blessings obviously you know we, we really just met but um what a positive inspirational woman you must be you know it's obvious that you you. are yeah thank
1: you I try to be I don't know that I I, I'm successful but I that's definitely um one of my goals in life I have a tattoo on my wrist my core value is to be a difference maker and you go through things in your life for a reason not to just shut them out and forget that they existed but to share them with other people in their time of need, you know, how else do we get hope?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think it is huge in in my book anyway, that you are able to, and you look at it that way, that even though you've been through struggles that you're sharing that, you know, and that's the big reason for the podcast, you know, is, is to share with people what we've, what we've been through because people don't talk about it, you know, and to really help them through it. So let's go back yes. a little bit. So how did you, I mean, obviously I probably know the answer to this. You probably just gave, gave it all to God, but how, how scary? I, I just see this as very scary when you found out that she had cyst in the brain and then now you're high risk.
1: Yeah. Um, um... So it was actually really cool. Um, The doctor came in. We knew something was up with my ultrasound just because she kept going back to the brain, you know, and she kept going Mm. back to the placenta. You know, again, I I worked OB, um, but she, you know, was really sweet and just kept showing us other things. And then it was um, my family left uh, because my son was over the ultrasound. So she was like, oh, it's just technical stuff from here. If you guys want to go ahead and go, you can. And, uh, when she finished, she said, Hey, um, I need to go talk to the doctor and I don't want you to be alarmed, but she is going to need to come in here and talk to you. And I said, Oh, okay. So I knew she was getting the attending. I was at a teaching hospital. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll actually get to meet the attending. And so she came in and, um, she said, so your chart says that you used to work, that you have uh, OB history. Is that true? And I said, yeah, I worked in an OBGYN office for, you know, five or six years. And she said, well, can I talk to you like you worked in an OBGYN for five or six years instead of talking to you like you're uneducated or, you know, like a regular patient? And I said, yes, please. So when the doctor um, began to explain what she saw, she began to pull the images up on the ultrasound and she pulled the brain up and she said, you see these circles? And she began to outline them for me. And I said, yes. And she said, these are called choroid plexus cysts. And, uh, you know, part of me as a parent, as a woman, you know, my brain began to freak out because there's cysts in my baby's brain. And the other part of me was like, whoa, hone it in. You need to listen. And so I took a deep breath and I focused. And she began to tell me about these cysts and how she, she said, I'm going to be honest with you. We see these on four to five ultrasounds a day. And I was, like, blown away at that. And hmm. uh, said, you know, they – resolve in 99 percent of pregnancies before the baby's born and in one percent of pregnancies where they don't resolve uh the children are born fine um some of them are more prone to migraines but they generally never need intervention or surgery of any form and so i you know oh okay and um she said i'll be honest with you um ultrasonography has gotten so sensitive that i believe these may be a normal variant in pregnancy we're only just now seeing them because of ultrasound, you know, the technology getting so much better. Wow. I was like, yeah, and so that made me feel a little bit better, you know, about it, but, you know, you never want to hear there's an issue in your in any any part of your child, but, you know, to know there was an issue in the brain was kind of like, okay, well, yeah. then she pulled up images of the placenta and the umbilical cord. So uh, Mavis has had what's called a velamentous insert. uh umbilical insertion which means instead of the umbilical cord inserting directly into the placenta the middle of the placenta mm-hmm. um it actually inserted through the side of her placenta by the uterine by like the edge of the uh, amniotic sac by the uterine wall and uh, it went through the amniotic sac and so um uh, which was miraculous in itself but it never ruptured or anything but um the issues that it arose were one: now you had a membrane filtering every nutrient she was getting, wow. uh, so she was going to be small. Um, but her heart looked good, her kidneys looked good, so you know there was no reason she couldn't absorb and utilize the nourishment she did get. Um, well, then it also because it, of the way it was inserted, it raised the risk of an abruption quite high, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so. Um, we, she told me right away, no more teaching yoga. Well, you can teach yoga, but no more doing yoga. Um, no, nothing that's going to jeopardize your balance. Try to avoid stairs. Uh, you know, try to avoid twisting and doing those types of things. And she said, other than that, you know, we're going to keep an eye on this, but you know, if it were me or my daughter, I would be okay going home knowing that as long as she or I were being monitored, we would be okay, and our baby would be okay. And I said, okay, well, that's going to be where I live with this then. Yeah. Um, and and how, far,
0: how far along were you at that point?
1: That was our 20-week anatomy scan. So we were oh, halfway through. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got to try to explain it to my husband and my mother-in-law. And, you know, they they got it once I, you know, kind of like drew it out for them. They were very concerned about the cysts, but literally four weeks later when we w- went back to the, uh, uh, to, the net, to the repeat ultrasound, the tech was so amazing. The sonographer, she goes, look, she showed us the brain from four weeks ago, and she outlined the cysts. She said, mm-hmm. here's her brain four weeks ago, and then she pulled up the image from that moment, and you could see that the cysts were gone. Wow. They were just gone just like they said, you know, could happen, and so we were just so extremely blessed, but again, because of her uh, cord, she just was always on the very small side, and so um, that always caused anxiety, just knowing um, if she was born early, she would already be smaller than an average premature baby, and, you know, just those things, but I knew that stress on me and anxiety was just going to cause issues to her. Sure. And so I just tried my best just to, when it got, when anxiety got bad, I either reached out to a friend or I prayed. Um, but I just really, or that's when I did, I did a lot of pranayama, which is a part of yoga, the breathing part, um, through my pregnancy, to be honest with you, and meditation. And those things really helped me just to accept things and to only be into
0: it. It is amazing that you had all of that um, back um, history with Mm -hmm. being working at the OBGYN and also being a yoga teacher and having all of that to help you, support you through this time.
1: Absolutely. I don't know how...
0: I, mean, I, I know would I would have endured it,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know I would have endured it, but, like, my poor family, you know, yeah. it was already rough on them with how sick I was, but if I would have been anxiety ridden and just, you know, it, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful for every tool that was at my disposal. I, I'm, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think for the listeners, that that's huge, that, you know, you worked there and you knew what stress and anxiety can do, and uh, that you knew that you had to eliminate that in your life as best you could, and that you had the tools, and you had people to call to help you through that. Um, So, who were those people? Tell us a little bit about that support that you had. I mean, obviously, your husband, and and you talked about a couple people, but...
1: It was, you know, Jamie, because, Uh you know, she had just went through um, a more rough pregnancy as well. Um, Now, Aspen never had big issues like that, but she did go through some other things that were quite concerning. Um, And she's just always, like, an encourager, you know? Mm -hmm. like. And then uh, my husband's mom has a best friend who has just become, like, my adopted mom. I've just claimed her, and she's claimed me. And um, Karen, just from the get-go, would just tell me, Just imagine her eyelashes. Imagine how God is forming her eyebrows. And right now he's picking out, you know, how plump her lips are going to be. And she's going to be perfect. And just imagine her perfect, you know. And she really just spoke life into that aspect of it. Like when the anxiety gets bad, just picture this perfect forming baby, you know. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then my aunt you know, she went through awful pregnancies, and so it became a joke about how awful we are at pregnancy, and if the world yes. needed to be repopulated, it would die off if it were up to us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I, I, I I was, we were taking yoga, te- you know, uh, students through yoga teacher training, and those women became a great part of my support group, and just, again, just people that spoke life into me and just reminded me of how beautiful, you know, this, even though this part is awful, look at how beautiful this part of it is. And here's what helped me. And, you know, what can I do? You know, and so many people were making me food. It was awesome.
0: Oh, that, that, that is amazing.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I really, I was, I had a hell of a amazing support group, um, you know, it's a, a village. And then those all these people are also helping me raise these little people. So, you know.
0: And I think that's awesome. It's great that you had that support. But I think just for other listeners that maybe don't have that support, I yeah. think a big key for that is ask for the support.
1: You have to absolutely reach out as hard as it is, even if all you say is, help me. You know, or I need you. I mean, those words right there, like, I need you, or I can't do this on my own. Um, And just finding somebody to help you do it, absolutely. Um, It's humbling, for sure, especially if you have a difficult time asking for help. But I don't know how, um, and I know they do it all the time, but I don't know how women maintain their sanity and do that kind of stuff on their own.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes they just expect people to know. And I think on the other side, you know, people are like, um, I don't want to get in their business. You know, I want to interfere.
1: I don't want to be a bother.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, but I think we, if we need something, um, we have to ask. And people are so willing to help. Yes. Once and, you know,
1: asked. and, you know, with somebody going through pregnancy and early childhood, you know, people that you would never expect to all of a sudden want to help be successful. Want, they want to help you raise a successful child in whatever way, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, even with coronavirus, uh, I felt like I had the baby that nobody really met, like. People didn't think she was real because she was just a Facebook baby forever, you know. (laughs) Um, But people were constantly dropping diapers off at my porch. People were constantly calling me. People were constantly. We had food brought to us every other day for four weeks. Wow. I mean, not just that. People were bringing gift cards for stuff in case we didn't want to, you know, heat something up or in case they didn't want to cook. They just brought us a gift card. Uh, Clothes. Um, gifts for my son, I mean, it was just, and this happened, I mean, it's still happening, I still have people randomly sending or dropping stuff off, because they just want to help Aaron and I, because they know this is a hard time for everybody, but having a tiny makes it that much more difficult.
0: Sure, and they want to make sure that you you have enough, that, you know, you may not be getting out, to, like everybody yeah. else can get out, that you, yeah. you need to keep... Keep her safe and keep her in as much as possible. So that's that's amazing. Um, not to get off too far on Corona, but there's been some amazing things come out of it. You know, there's been heartache, but there's been amazing things. Yeah. You know, and that's testimony to that. What you just said that people yeah. have been so good to you, yeah. knowing that you have a little one.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I. It's been beautiful. It really has. Um, yeah. It absolutely has. And just knowing that everybody understands why I'm, you know, eight years ago, um, people were really like, why isn't your baby at church? He's three weeks old. He should be at church by now. Like we understood Mm. for the first, you know, week to 10 days, but you know, come on now. Whereas with this baby, everybody expected me to keep her home and they've really honored the aspect of, um, you know, of the need for that. And so we did go to church two weeks ago when it opened. Um and our church was really good about the social distancing. Every other pew or every other row of seats I mean were marked off. You know, they had masks available if you didn't bring one. Uh, Mm -hmm. they encouraged families to sit together but social distance otherwise. So that first Sunday back, nobody was getting in the baby's car seat or anything or trying to see her. Um, they were all very respectful. So I got to go up on stage and I got to like have a Simba moment, you know, and kind of raise her up for the congregation and say, okay, here's Mavis. This is the newest <laughs> member of our family. And just kind of introduce her to the 50 people that, you know, braved her and whoever was on Zoom and Facebook Live, you know, so that they could finally see here she is. <laughs> awesome.
0: We probably need social distancing for every newborn.
1: <laughs> yes. It's a, it was a must before coronavirus. I mean, how sad yeah. is it that it took coronavirus for people to finally realize, I shouldn't kiss on your baby. Yeah. I shouldn't touch your baby's hands yeah. if you don't want me to. Or I should wash my hands before I touch your baby. Like, when I had Silas, I would like some of the older women in the family got offended when we asked them to wash their hands before they had them. And it was just like, and now everybody's just like, let me wash up. Where's that hand sanitizer? <laughs>
0: yeah. So we've, we've learned some things. We, well, we, we knew these things, but now it's more in uh, front of mine. Let's just say. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm so happy for you, even though it oh, was such you. a struggle, um, you know some difficulties through all of that. Um, it's it's just wonderful that you have a little girl now, you know, and she's doing so well. Yes. Um, so to conclude, is there any? I'm going to let you. If there's anything that you wanted to share that maybe I didn't, we didn't touch on. I didn't ask you you know, you, you a question to elaborate on. Are um, any words of hope or encouragement? For um, women, couples that are going through difficulties, you know, and it may, yeah. you, know, you may have something even from not necessarily your struggles, but working at the OBGYN's office for long yeah. so long, just any, any words of hope, encouragement or anything you'd like to share? Yeah, uh,
1: I would just say that nothing's a definite and a delayal is not a denial. Uh, and to remember that uh, we are so unfortunate in the fact that we live in an instant society. Um, You know, we have microwaves, we have fast food, we have Amazon that drops stuff off two days later. You know, we live in this instant society so that when something doesn't happen right away, we automatically feel like it's never going to happen. And I am testament to the fact that a delay isn't a denial and um, to not lose hope, even if, even if you have to let go of things, just to know that nothing is a definite, that there's always hope. And that, um, when I worked OB, I saw miracle after miracle after miracle, either through the, um, science of fertility treatment or through just the miracle grace of God reaching down and finally removing whatever bear, replacing a baby. I, I don't know how that works, but, um, I saw it work out so many times that, um, I would just say to have hope and um, to find your way to cope with it. Um, My way to cope was to reach out into my community and yoga, meditation, um, some people that may not be for them. So just find what that is for you for that coping self-care mechanism because um, if you don't take care of you, nobody else is going to. Mm.
0: Powerful. Yes, I agree. Totally agree. So, Joey, thank you so much for coming on to share your story. If anyone can relate um, to your story, would like to connect with you, um, are you open to that? Yeah,
1: of course. Absolutely.
0: So, I will just, in the show notes, I will put my contact information and I will connect you um, to Joey, if you have questions, you know, um, need words of encouragement. I'm sure she will definitely help you with that. Okay. Um, and so just reach out. I hope that her story has touched someone's life to help them through any struggles um, that they are going through. And so we'll conclude this podcast. But anything else you, have to, you want to add?
1: No, I think I'm fabulous. Thank you for oh, having me.
0: You are so, so welcome and thank you so much. I'm so glad. I I can't wait till maybe we can meet in person. Oh, me too. We will have to
1: have lunch as soon as we're able to. Please. Absolutely.
0: I would love to see that little girl alongside so much. Yay. Okay. <laughs> that
1: sounds good to me.
0: All righty. Thank you so much and take care. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Joey, for sharing your story of hope and encouragement with our listeners today. If you have found encouragement and value in listening to this podcast, please subscribe, give us a review, but most importantly, share this with the person you know that it can help. If you are interested in connecting with myself or Joey, Please connect on Facebook through Women Connect and Support or by sending me an email at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, dot women connect 2019 at gmail.com. And as always, all of this information will be in the show notes. Also, I just want you to know, and Joey wants you to know, that you are not alone on this journey, and we are here to connect with you and give you support through this most difficult and painful time in your life.